0: Today, you will listen on a live parent coach session where I'll work with a parent on a particular parenting challenge, and together we will learn the history of the issue, identify the root causes, and problem-solve solutions. As always, I'll make suggestions with a 3D parent approach in mind, which encourages parenting with dignity, direction, and deep connection. So let's get started. I want to welcome Ginny to the podcast. Welcome, Ginny. Thank you. Um, so. Start off, just give us a little bit about the background of your family members, kids, their their ages and names, and also a little bit about your family and and work. And also, I'd love to hear
1: what your family
0: does to connect with one another.
1: All right. So, um, I'm Ginny. My husband is Matt. And we have two little ones Riley, she is five and a half, and my son Elliot is two and a half. I work part time, I work for a swag company, and I actually do social and environmental compliance along with some other things, but that's my big project right now. uh, Something I'm super passionate about. Uh, I also have an awesome Instagram account that is around mom life and um, body confidence and loving who you are. You can follow me at mindful at home mama. Um, I also share about a remodel that we are doing. That is our big family project for the year is an entire remodel on a house. Um, nine houses away from where I am right now, which is fabulous. Super close to where we're renting for the year. And yeah, that's kind of the family thing. We love to go hiking. That's our family adventure. If it includes going to a winery and, and hiking, that's also lots of fun. <laughs> so, but that's really, we love to get outside and we live in California. So getting outside pretty much all year round is easy, which is awesome.
0: That is great. I'm jealous for that. Being in Seattle with the rain and you're originally from Seattle. You yes, shared with yes. me. And so you get that. Yes, we can get outside year round, but I kind of
1: avoid it for about yeah. four months out of the year. You got to dress <laughs> right. All the extra apparel you got to wear. You oh know? my gosh. We yes. can pretty much be outside. And especially if you're hiking, like a long sleeve and pants and you're totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Jealous. Jealous. Yeah. All yeah. right. Great. Well, thanks so much, mm-hmm. Jenny,
0: for kind of filling me in on your family and giving us kind of a snapshot of um, who you guys are.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, now let's go ahead and dive into the challenge that you wanted to present today, and for us to be able to kind of understand the history, how long this has been an issue for you, as well as share maybe anything you've tried, any solutions, good, bad, or otherwise, that you've tried, um, or reactions you've had to the problem along the way. And I might ask a couple questions here and there to kind of help clarify and understand. And then we'll dive in on problem solving. So go ahead and get us started. Why did you reach out to me?
1: So my daughter, like I said, she's five and a half. Um, she has been having potty accidents for the past two months, approximately. Um, and I am just, I don't know what to do. At this Is point. it potty accidents? Is it both kinds or just yes, primarily? It okay. started mostly with just pee, mm-hmm. um, but poop accidents have been coming, which actually concerns me more just because she's a girl, UTIs. We all mm-hmm. are aware of being a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I worry a little bit more about that. And so to give the history, we potty trained at about two and a half. Um, I did the like three day, keep them naked, fill them full of water, peeing all the time sort right. of potty <laughs> training method. Um, I was pregnant and wanted to get her out of diapers before baby number two came. And I knew I had to do it far enough in advance that hopefully there wouldn't be a regression when baby came. Um, my efforts were futile did not work there was still definitely a regression and there were regressions it was six months before when she got potty trained to baby number two and there were still regressions during those six months even leading up to baby number two
0: and then um, um once the baby came you said there was a regression and was that accidents or was that completely back in the diapers again accidents. all
1: kind of yeah. Just yeah. I've never okay. I've never gone back to diapers I've mm-hmm. um she, even at five and a half, when I said something, because I wanted to see her reaction, she's like, okay. Like, About going back to diapers? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Like, okay. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just kidding. kidding. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh wait, no, you're five and a half. You go to elementary school. You can't be in diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, And so different things that I've tried in the beginning, I will admit I got mad. Mm-hmm. I was super frustrated. I'm like, what the heck? We've already done this why is this an issue? You know how to use the bathroom. I see you do it all the time. So why is there a problem?
0: And what would be her reaction when you would kind of show your
1: frustration and anger about the situation? How would she react to that? She shuts down. Mm -hmm. She is a kid that just like, you know, head down, small body, um, and then just doesn't talk. And so it definitely is not helpful. (laughs) Um, and we did You know, we went back to sticker charts. Um, Right now, the method that we were trying is if she got five days in a row, she could get ice cream. She loves ice cream, thought that would be super motivating. It wasn't, so we cut it to three days. Still couldn't make three days. Two days is the longest that she's gone. Um, We tried a potty watch that at first I had going off every two hours. She was still having accidents, so I changed it to go off every one hour still having accidents. We have done where I'm just like, she tells me she has an accident and I'm just like, okay, take care of it. And it's almost like there's no reaction at all. Um, And does she, when you say go ahead and take care of it, does she, does she follow through or does she become resistant and require support? There's a little bit of resistance, but she does. Mm -hmm. She'll just go and change her clothes and that's fine. Mm -hmm. The problem with school is that it's, I'm not able to do that immediately. I'm not finding out until the afternoon. And she's often been sitting in those clothes for hours. Okay. And so I feel like, you know, before she started elementary school, anytime we'd have these regressions, it would be like a week and I'd be able to do something that would kind of get her back on track. And then we'd have a couple months of, total normalcy again. And then we would have something and it'd be like a week or two max. And then we would get back to it. But because she's not with me all day and I'm not like doing these things all day to kind of guide her. I feel like um, now that she's in school, it's it's taking a lot longer to make any changes or make progress. She doesn't have a person reminding her all the time. She also, an important oh, fact. Oh, uh-huh, go ahead. Is that she's in a Spanish immersion elementary school so her teacher only speaks to her in Spanish, and so even if her teacher is reminding her, she doesn't speak Spanish. She's still learning, and so the teacher might say something to her, and she may not actually like get what the teacher is saying. The teacher may say, "Hey, don't forget to go to the bathroom," and because it's not in English, it might be difficult for her to process exactly what. Got it.
0: Gets. And that was new as of September. The Spanish yes. immersion school. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, one question I have, kind of, just to help understand the full picture. You mentioned you know, potty training around two and a half and then a regression when the new baby was born. And then when she got back to kind of mastery, when she got back to um, you know, being potty trained and being pretty consistently dry, what's the longest stretch of time you've had between two and a half and her current age where she has had no accidents? Are we talking a month or two? Are we talking months? Uh, how long has been the longest stretch where she has consistently been dry?
1: Yeah, I'd say probably like four months is probably the longest stretch. Okay. Just often, this is relatively consistent. Okay. But it's um, been relatively
0: consistent that she's had accidents here and there, mm-hmm. with maybe the longest stretch being four. That's really important information, Jenny, because um, we use the word regression a lot when parenting to kind of explain all kinds of things from sleep issues to potty issues. Mm-hmm. And it's important to differentiate what is truly a regression and what is kind of just like, part of your child's unique style of learning. Mm -hmm. So four months is a pretty decent length of time where I think you could probably after that put in, okay, this is a regression. But if it's been little accidents here and there from the time she first started potty training to current time, it might be that none of this has been a regression. This has all been part of her steps towards mastery. Kids at five and a half don't typically need reminders from parents or teachers to use the potty. At that point, typically, they are, you know, they, they've mastered this. And except for Mm -hmm. one really rare exception, or maybe sometimes some bedriding at night, that's obviously more common at this age, with this age group. But usually this, by this point, they wouldn't, they would never need an outside reminder unless they kind of have all along and they've never fully gotten to that self-mastery stage. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's important to kind of take a look at, to get the full snapshot picture is a true regression. She was dry for two years, And now suddenly she's having potty accidents or maybe this has never been a regression. This has always been just harder for her for all kinds of different reasons. And we can dig into that a little bit more
1: later. I've I've kind of thought that because of a few reasons, but one, I really pushed potty training on. Mm -hmm. And so I do. And we talked a little bit about this before um, with my son. I plan on like not doing anything, letting him completely drive when he is ready potty train. And so exactly to what you're saying, I kind of worry that maybe I pushed her to potty train and maybe she wasn't quite ready. Her body wasn't giving her the signs. She wasn't prepared to listen. And so the mastery thing is taking a lot longer because she didn't do it on her own. Um, So that's one side of that. And another important thing I think to note is that me in particular, we like change in our family. Which can be difficult for children, especially my daughter, who is much more like my husband and an introverted child and likes consistency. So, since she's been potty trained, we had a new baby. We did a remodel on another house. We sold that house and moved. We then are now remodeling that house and moved into a new house. And so, there has been, there's always been a lot of change. I mean, it's only been three years and we've had that many things happening. So that could also play into what's happening for her is that every time something changes, she goes through that like, ah. So I think you are super
0: insightful, Jenny. And I think you are kind of solving the problem while we're chatting right here and getting <laughs> to some of the key root issues that the two biggest common stressors for young children outside of something really significant, let's say like a divorce or a parent death or a significant illness, the two biggest stressors for most young children are a new sibling and a move. (laughs) Those are. In fact, um, moves are almost equal in terms of how it kind of rocks a young child's world as a sibling entering it. So when you kind of lay out the full picture of all these things and now let's add into it a transition into a new school and not even a new school, not just a new school, but a new school where they don't even speak the same language. None of this is bad stuff; none of yeah. this is is you know damaging, but a lot of this could point towards, oh, maybe where we've gotten stuck in some areas of maturation that you'd like to be seeing consistently from your daughter, some of these things might be shining the light on on where the root causes of this might come from, because when it comes to um accidents when it comes to um either kind uh the pee kind or the poop kind, um the two main things that are almost always the cause are the first we've we talked about a little bit, um, but I want to go into a little bit more. The first is a physiological cause. So that could be the UTI or it could also be constipation. Mm-hmm. Now constipation is a confusing <laughs> thing. And I've actually gone through this with one of my four kids. So I myself have been completely like confused and flummoxed and have even missed a lot of the signs of constipation. Constipation causes Um, both pee and poo accidents, and it's not always obvious. In fact, I did a little research leading up to our chat today. I found out the staggering fun fact that 88% of constipated kids do not show obvious signs, 88%. Meaning they may still be having bowel movements every day or every other day, but not completely emptying. So there may be a big backup that is not Mm -hmm. obvious because they still are going some, And the constipation can affect pee accidents because um, having a a full rectum could uh, press on the bladder. So that can cause both kinds of backup. And you mentioned that she'd had both kinds of accidents. So the first thing you always want to do when there's an issue in this area is definitely check in with your pediatrician to look at both those things. First of all, a UTI, and that's simple is just collecting a, a urine sample and they can test to see if there's anything going on there. And the second thing to check for constipation it's it's not enough just to get the history. Of is your child having regular bowel movements? You need to actually push to have an X-ray done, and they can tell an X-ray if there's a backup or not. And that's that 88 percent where you'd be shocked how many kids, when they do an X-ray, oh my gosh, there is so much stool backed up. You would have no idea that is a huge part. And then there are solutions that you can get that you can approach from a diet perspective, or maybe some supplements, or maybe some medications for short term that can help your child clear their bowels.
1: Mm-hmm. That may be part of this. Yeah. So, is that something? Have you checked in with a pediatrician? Have you gotten any of these things done? I did check with the pediatrician. I've gone many times for the accidents, and she, based on what I, the information I provide to her, is often sounds behavioral. But I pushed, and we do have a urology appointment coming up in a few weeks because I just, I feel like I am trying all of the behavioral things. And it's just not going anywhere. And so I'm like, okay, I got to do more. I need to, I got to keep trying. Fantastic. And so when you meet with the urologist, they can address
0: both of these things. And you could ask and push and advocate and say, I really want an x-ray done just to rule out constipation, just because I've now been made aware of how often that goes missed. And it's not obvious. I had no idea it
1: was that many, that much. Me
0: neither. I was shocked (laughs) when I read that. I know I've been through it with my daughter, but I didn't realize really how common it was and how closely linked it is to potty accidents. So definitely push for both those. And if it comes back and everything is clear, great. Then we know 100% certainty that it's not UTI and it's not constipation. But if it is one of those, how great to actually have actionable things that you can do to clear that up that can help with the behavior behavioral side. Absolutely. So great that you're already on that. And anybody else who's listening to this podcast who has a child who's struggling with potty accidents, check in with your pediatrician first rule out those possible physiological and components that could be adding to this problem. So now the second part of this is kind of what you referred to as kind of the behavioral aspect or the psychological things that can be caused um, by this. So as you kind of talked about all the things you've tried or all the things you've done in terms of reacting, one of the things you mentioned was times when you've shown disappointment or you've gotten angry. And that's, again, I totally understand. I can relate. I've struggled with some of my kids around particularly my first time around, I I jokingly always say that I have PTSD from my first experience potty training my firstborn. Um, And there were times when I completely acted out of frustration and um, and said things or acted in ways that I knew hurt my daughter's feelings. So the first thing I'd encourage you to do, even if it was in the past, even if it hasn't been in recent history, is to, at a time when there has not been an accident, the topic is not already up, but a time when you feel like you and your daughter are really vibing and you're really connected, is to address this and take responsibility Mm -hmm. to apologize. I call it a no Mm -hmm. buts apology, where you basically say, you know what, I know sometimes when you've had these accidents, I've made you feel really bad, and I've shamed you, and I've made you feel really small, and I'm really sorry I did that. You did not deserve to be treated that way. You lead off the But you really should be potty trained by this age. (laughs) But you shouldn't be having accidents. But you shouldn't be hiding this from me. You leave that off and you just 100% start off by just connecting with your child and taking responsibility for anything you may have done that might have been hurtful and wounding. And this this goes for anything, even something not related to um, the topic at hand. Anytime that you've overstepped or made a wrong move, take responsibility. This is so great in terms of modeling to your child what it is like to actually take, um, you know, apologize and make amends in a way that's not conditional and feels good and very connecting and bonding. Following that, see if you can kind of, um, you know, they say in kind of the psychological world, touch the bruise. So the, the bruise here is kind of like how, even if she's been kind of giving you this message that it doesn't bother her, and she's like, yeah, okay, I'll wear diapers. Really, honestly, it bothers her. I can tell you for sure that at five and a half, this is hard for her. And she may not be like crying and coming to you and saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed. I had another accident and being very soft about it. She's kind of putting up almost a defense yeah. and almost pretending, I don't care. Believe me, trust me, she cares. She's just not being open with you because it's vulnerable and it's yeah. embarrassing. And it brings up a lot of kind of like feelings of discomfort for her. So um, after you've kind of made any amends that you need to make, even if, like I said, it was a while ago that you might've kind of made her feel bad, um, go in to say, you know what? I know this must be really hard for you. It must be really hard. I bet sometimes you're embarrassed if someone notices you've had an accident and this must be really hard for you. You basically are just trying to empathize with her and recognize that you, you feel how hard this is for her, that you recognize it, that even though she may not be admitting it, um, that you know because she's your daughter and you you're connected and you love each other and you could tell that deep down this probably is really hard for her and then you want to move into this whole new way that you're going to be approaching this which is a team mentality which is you know what i'm on the same side as you i want you to get this down just as much as you do and we're going to approach this differently from now on and i'm on your side I'm not here telling you when to go potty and making you feel bad when you've had an accident. I'm here. We're going to figure this out together, and I'm here to walk right beside you. You're going to let her know that you're a team, that this is something that you're going to get to the bottom of together, and you're going to make a plan together. And we'll get into what that plan might look like a little bit more in a minute. But basically, you're just letting her know, I'm sorry for ever making me feel bad. Yeah. I understand this is hard. And I'm on your side. We're going to figure this out together. So those are kind of like the key ways in which you're going to kind of like broach the subject with her with kind of like a fresh start, a new chapter of now we're going to approach this differently. Does
1: that that part all make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I did it in the moment the other day, which I think doesn't connect to the kids as much. But she had had an accident and it was a poop accident and she was in the shower and I was talking to her and I just let her know I'm not going to get mad anymore because she's also lying about it Mm -hmm. to her. Hey, did you have an accident? And she's like, no. I'm like, well, I can see that your pants are wet. (laughs) Yeah. And what's your, what's your
0: gut knowing your child? Why do you think she, she might be hiding it or lying about it? Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat.
1: My original reaction would be to say that because she doesn't want to take care of it, Mm -hmm. but it probably actually is more that she's embarrassed. She doesn't want to talk about it. And it's uncomfortable.
0: It's uncomfortable. And maybe a little bit of like fear of kind of feeling embarrassed or maybe fear of punishment or fear of fear that I'm going to get mad. (laughs) Exactly. And that's usually at the root cause of why a child who otherwise is, you know, really connected with their parents might lie about something is usually mm, fear of consequences, fear of what might happen if you admit it, or just the fact that it, she doesn't want to admit that this is hard. Like we were kind of talking about a minute ago, so she just kind of puts up a defense and just yeah. is like, mm, whatever. I just poop my pants. Who cares? You know, which <laughs> obviously that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. And so she just doesn't want to go there because it feels very vulnerable to her. So great. So once, but you're, you're completely right. When we address it in the moment, it doesn't have the same impact because then all those defenses are up. So we have to address it and have this conversation outside of the incident, in a moment where you've been hanging out together. Maybe you're um, reading a story together in bed um, before bedtime, or maybe it's in the afternoon. You've just played a game together, or you've just made a yummy snack, and everybody's just feeling nice, warm, and connected. And then you could have this conversation. And also make sure the conversation is private, not in front of siblings. I mean, it might be okay if you and your husband did this together, but you know, if you're the one that's usually kind of dealing with this. on a day-to-day basis, just one-on-one would be best. So she doesn't have to feel like she has to keep a defense because it's embarrassing to talk about in front of other people. You need to preserve her dignity and let her know that we're going to talk about this tough thing together in private. That's the highest chance that she's going to allow herself to be vulnerable and go there and kind of, as I said before, touch the bruise. Yeah. So talking about this, having this conversation, this we're going to take a new approach to this, um, happen during a moment of connection outside of the incident is definitely very important. So then now we got to make a plan together. You and your daughter make a plan. And so I would even like sit down with a sheet of paper and like brainstorm together, engage her in this process. If you're kind of looking at mm, one of these potty accidents typically happen, if it seems like um, just forgetting or not, not like forgetting to go or waiting too long to go, um, setting a schedule. And it looks like you've already done some of that in the past. You've already, uh, done the potty watch, which can be helpful for some kids, maybe not all, maybe it's worth trying again. Um, With a new plan, everybody's buying, it's not something you're giving to her and telling her to do. But you could say, okay, here's a different way. And like, we could set a timer. Or I don't know if you guys have like a Echo Alexa device, (laughs) we could have Alexa remind you, you know, sometimes with young kids, a kitchen timer, I'm not even a digital clock, but like one where you actually wind it back, the old fashioned, that can be helpful. And that's something a kid can do independently. And that's going to be really key. You're making a plan together, but ideally it's something that she's going to be able to execute independently because part of what we're going to do here is kind of try and get you to not be so much the one that is kind of driving this and her tapping in a bit more to her own agency, her own ability to take the lead and her own pottying. So identifying if the issue is primarily just forgetting, setting up a schedule, a routine, and some way to help track it is a good idea. But get her buy-in in terms of which way you think will work best. The watch, a kitchen timer, um, you know, a reminder on a, um, uh, one of the devices. Um, just figure out what might work best for her. Next part of this plan should be, you know what, I know you're still going to have some accidents That's okay. That's part of learning. That's part of getting this down. So let her know, normalize accidents. I know you're going to still have accidents. That's okay. That's part of how we're going to learn. So part of what we're going to do with our plan is we're going to make a plan for what to do when an accident happens. Mm -hmm. So normalize it. Let her know I'm expecting there to be more accidents and that's okay so that she doesn't get scared. Oh gosh, I broke, I here I did it again. Another failure. You're telling her failure is part of learning and that is okay. So let her know that there's going to be more accidents and then we're going to have a plan for when you have an accident, here's what you're going to do. And make sure that as much as possible, that is something that she can do independently again. So I would set up almost like a changing station in her room where there's easily accessible underwear and like new pants or whatever, just kind of like maybe in a special basket. That's easy. She doesn't have to go around her room and try and find it. It's really easy here. Here's where we're going to set up the change of clothes if and when you ever have an accident. And here's what you do. And so you kind of walk through the steps of how she's going to take care of an accident. And then make sure that she always reports to you and reassure her, you're never going to get in trouble because we're doing this together. And part of us trying to figure out what is causing the accidents is going to be us communicating with each other so that we could figure this out. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk about on my podcast, um, when we're parenting, to look at our kids um, with a degree of curiosity, um, almost like a scientist would be observing a test subject. That's also a similar kind of way in which you want to kind of approach this with your daughter. Like, okay, let's try and figure out why and what days we're having these accidents. So getting to the root cause is going to require her cooperation in terms of it. So when you do have an accident, I would encourage you to keep a log. So part of this, this will be like your piece of the puzzle, that I'll fill this out, um, but you tell me so that we can keep track of when it happens, because that's going to be part of you guys trying to figure out when it happens. Is it, you know, a certain time of day? Is it in a certain location? Is it on a day that she's eaten or has drank certain foods? Is it on a day that, you know, she's had a really hard morning or has been grumpy if you keep a log of those types of things, and I would even like set it up like a chart like mm-hmm. um when where time, like food drink intake, and general mood, and you can fill it out like a scientist would uh, doing an experiment so that you can keep track of it and again, this is something you'll be introducing to your child not to make her feel like she 's being tracked in like with a behavior chart, but more like. Let's figure this out. This is interesting. Let's see, try and figure out if we could see any type of pattern, why these accidents are happening and when they're happening. And if we figure out why or what's different on these days, we might be able to figure out how to solve it in the future. So when it's kind of looked at and presented to your daughter as not something you're doing punitively, but something that you're doing because you're a team and your team, let's solve the potty accident problem. Um, that will help her. Um, Oh, also in the log, you might want to mark if it was a pee accident, a poo accident or both so that you can just keep track. And again, there's no shame. It's just, we're trying to get to the bottom of this and we're, um, scientists or we're investigators and we're trying to solve this problem together. Make it be almost playful in a, in a way, not to say you're going to be encouraging these accidents, but more just that it doesn't feel shameful. It's more like interesting information. It's very neutral in how it's reported and reported.
1: Does that make sense? Absolutely and I think a lot of the accidents happen at school and so I send a pair of clothes with her Mm -hmm. but she has to then go to her backpack which is not at her desk and get them and and so maybe I can chat with her teacher about absolutely change of clothes in her desk so that it's like right there in a little bag that she can bring with her her desk is the closest to the bathroom but the backpacks are on the other side of the room so she would have to make a scene to go get her backpack but if something's in her desk maybe she can it's just more private for her. So. Great,
0: great point. And again, that's part of that whole preserving her dignity. You know, a yeah. large part of why she's not dealing with a school, I'm sure is because of embarrassment or fear that someone's going to notice. Um, when she has her accidents, is it usually like full bladder emptying or more no. just kind of like little bits? Little it's like, like It's like the crotch.
1: Like usually right. she wears dresses, so no one notices because mm-hmm. it's not full pants wet. Okay. So.
0: Well then, you know, that's, that's good. And also something to talk about when you talk um, with the um, the doctor about the fact it's, I think it's like a different protocol. If it was like a full bladder release versus more of this kind of like letting off a little bit, it's also it probably indicates that it, it could, if it's not physiological, I mean, if it's physiological, that could solve it right there. Mm-hmm. If it's not physiological, sometimes it really does happen to these kids who just like don't want to take the time or they're still so engaged in what's going on, they almost like just release just a little bit so that they keep doing what they're doing and they'll, they'll put off releasing the whole bit in the future. Um, when you're meeting with a doctor, definitely, um, if it is indicated that it is there's no physiological reason, it can be really helpful for the doctor, not you, to kind of explain you know, why it wouldn't be good to be in wet under all day long, how that can cause problems as far as bacteria and possibility of UTIs, as well as the fact that it's not good for your skin, you might get rashes and, um, and all of those reasons that can kind of help her realize why, okay, it might be worth my trouble to go ahead and do this and go the, um, the distance part of this log is to try and get to the root cause now if most of these accidents like you're saying are happening at school I think you kind of like pinpointed where this primary stressor might be and even though she's you know it's january um, at right now um, when we're recording and she's been at the school for a period of time, it's still a new thing. It's still a relatively new environment. And then you add into that on top of that the added challenge of the language. It's going to take her a little longer even to get into routine. So I would definitely loop in the, the school and her teacher and make a new plan that you think is going to be more successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their bathroom setup is or if there's even a way that there could be like a little pouch by the door that could be even more discreet if and when she needs to make a change. Um, So just talk with a teacher, email or or set up a conference to kind of get a plan in place. So there's a plan for if there's an accident at home and there's a plan for there's an accident at school. Um, The other common stressors for kids around potty accidents, besides a new school, a new sibling, a move, any additional stress at home or stress at school. And in terms of your family, I think we probably could check the box on all of those at some point <laughs> within the last couple of years. Yes, um, yes. You know, you mentioned that uh, there's a move and a home remodel. I know from personal experience that that is very stressful. So mm-hmm. even though, like, maybe things are fine in terms of your relationships, there's added stress, distractors, things that might be adding a little bit more stress in the home than would be normally the case. Absolutely. So definitely, I I don't think you're probably off base, but I'm glad you're still going to rule out the physiological causes. But I think um, there being these other stressors that might be a big part of it, um, you're probably spot on there. So other kind of just general rules um, in terms of when kids have accidents, um, never is it recommended to punish your child for an accident. Um, There are so many studies out there that point to punishments actually causing more accidents in kids. So it it just doesn't work. and so I it would definitely encourage you not to do any type of punishment.
1: Um, so where does punishment versus consequence fall in? For example, I said to her, you're having accidents every day, which means we have to, she's at a uniform school. You have to wash your clothes more often. So you're going to need to wash your clothes. And she puts them in the washer and she puts them in the dryer and she puts them away. I already have her putting them away. And she sometimes helps the family do laundry but I told her that she's going to have to do it all the time because we have to wash them more often now and we don't have enough clothes.
0: So I think um, that's a really great question. Um, A lot of times we use the word consequence as kind of like a kinder, gentler, sweeter (laughs) way of saying punishment. And then there are some times when consequences just are. It's like what we call the natural consequence. So a natural consequence would definitely be, oh, you had an accident. Now you need to go change yourself and go through these steps. That's a natural consequence. That's not a punishment. The now you need to start doing more of your own laundry, that to me feels like it crosses over a little bit. Unless that's more of a routine and that she always does her own laundry, which at five years old would be a lot. Um, (laughs) Helping put clothes away. Fantastic. Great. Helping you with the laundry. Absolutely great. So if you have to do the laundry more frequently because she's having more potty accidents, that's fine. I just would join in and say, why don't you help me? We're gonna have to do your laundry now um, more frequently because you've had a lot of accidents. you be my helper as opposed to making it feel like you don't normally do this chore, but now you have to. That's when it feels like it's crossing over a little bit into that punishment
1: category. So that's a great question. Yeah creating it, it goes back to the team element. I think Absolutely. About. Like, okay, it's okay. Let's take care of it. Let's clean it up. Let's get them in the laundry, you know, and get things cleaned up. So totally. Goes, and yeah. so when
0: you're making that plan together with her, you might even address that. Okay, mm-hmm. if we realize that you've had like quite a few accidents and you're running low on your the uniforms you have to wear to school, then part of our plan will be that when we recognize that, we'll go ahead and do a load of laundry sooner than we normally would have. And we'll do that together. So I think I would just address that and have it be part of your plan. And then it doesn't feel punitive. It doesn't feel like a punishment because it's part of the plan that you already had in place Mm -hmm. ahead of time that everybody's on the same page with. And it's predictable. It doesn't feel like, ouch, I'm being punished or shamed for this thing that I'm struggling with right now. So again, about punishments, you know, when you when parents use punishments a lot for this, it actually leads to what we also discussed, which is hiding or lying about it as well. So a lot of times that comes because kids are fearing those punishments, and so they'll be more secretive about it. And what that does is that makes um, the whole potty accident problem become a relationship problem. Mm -hmm. Kids do not hide keep secrets and lie to their parents In if they're if they're connected. If they're deeply connected and their attachment is really working and it's a really strong bond, a child would never lie or keep secrets from their parents. Or if they do, it would be very short-lived and then they would not be able to carry that burden and they immediately would have to fess up and tell their parents. Um, all good signs. So when something like this starts becoming a relationship problem, it's a good time to stop, take note of that, and then take a new direction where you're, to, again, this team and mentality. We're in this together. I'm not going to get mad at you anymore. I'm sorry I did in the past. We're in this together. We're going to solve this together. And part of that is you being honest and part of that is me promising not to get mad at you or shame you. So it's important that that be part of the plan and that she gets reassured and then you 100% follow through. Even if you're having to grit your teeth and stuff down your own, autom- you know, later on in the privacy, you know, vent your husband. I'm so annoyed that she's still having accidents. Tell, you know, a good friend of yours, oh my gosh, I'm dying. My daughter is still having accidents. Absolutely. Have people that you can vent, but keep that away from your daughter. Don't let her know that this is frustrating you. You can take this. This is no big deal. Oh, whoops. Yep. Just another bump in the log. Um, so yeah, so, so that's just uh, that general thing. Um, kids... It's uncomfortable to sit in wet underwear, right? So a kid would never choose to be wet and uncomfortable. They do so for fear of being scolded, shamed, or embarrassed, or punished. So we want to kind of help get her out of that rut. School is tough because she's going to have to find a way to navigate that without it going noticed. Um, at home, certainly there should be no reason why she should not be able to immediately recognize that and take, um, and and take charge and follow through with the plan as long as everybody's on the same page and she's yes. not feeling punished or um,
1: home is home is easier oftentimes she'll just come out of a room and change clothes great and not have ever said anything
0: Great. So I think looping in and making a plan um, at school that is going to be the easiest for her to follow through with and the highest chance that it will be completely discreet and nobody will know is yeah. going to be part of that goal. Um, the other part of this, and you've, you've kind of dabbled in this as you shared also, is the idea of rewards. And sometimes if it's a real short-term goal, if a child is kind of like doesn't struggle in this category, offering them a little prize when they, you know, the the three days that she was naked and, you know, trying to do this, giving a little reward, is fine. You know, it can be fine. But if it's an ongoing issue or problem, the rewards similar to punishments, interestingly enough, point, the studies show it points towards more accidents than fewer Mm -hmm. accidents. So um, it's okay if it's going to be easy peasy and your child's going to nail this in a couple days, which some kids do. Um, but if it's a child who struggles, then rewards actually do the opposite. They actually make it harder and it reinforces because, because you said, you know, oh, five days in a row. Oh, we can't manage that. So we'll do three days in a row and we barely ever get that. How does that feel to your daughter? Do you think? Absolutely. It feels like failure, frustration. And that kind of is part of what kind of feeds into a child kind of pretending that it doesn't bother them, pretending like, I don't care. Because it'd be too painful to recognize that every day you're failing. You're never getting that prize, You're never getting that thing you like. So they just turn that part of their brain off that cares about things like their favorite treat, ice cream, or candy, or a sticker. They just train themselves to numb themselves. And we don't want kids numbing themselves from feelings mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any circumstance, including yeah. this one. Um, also, the problem with rewards is it starts to make it more of a power struggle Then it is about achieving consistent success with a new skill. As soon as we start, you know, coercing children and offering prizes for certain behaviors, it takes on a different feeling. And the feeling is that of a power struggle. And that's, again, while we're taking this new team approach, we're on the same side. We're going to solve this together. There's no power struggle. We're on the same team. There's no struggle. We're on the same side and the enemy is potty accidents. So we're going to fight together to overcome potty accidents. That's the other side, not the two of you. And you're trying to, you know, encourage with rewards and punishments. I totally get why you went there. A lot of people would still encourage that. If you get on the internet and you look up how to paint potty train my child, majority of suggestions are rewards. And you know what? They work great for kids who don't struggle. (laughs) Yes, the kids who actually struggle, it backfires. And so it's too bad that it is still so mainstream, because it actually in a lot of cases, as you've discovered, it can make it actually worse. So definitely Mm -hmm. just move away from those um, rewards as well as the punishments when it comes to this. And then overall,
1: go ahead. I I feel like I need to get her ice cream at some point now because I've been telling her, but I just need to make it completely unrelated. It's Saturday, let's go get some ice
0: cream. Or you know what? (laughs) Let's make it a part of the, we're gonna talk about something. Let's go out for ice cream. We're gonna talk about something. Make it be part of your planning strategy. Make it be, you know, like we're just having this and it's unrelated. I just thought it'd be fun to go out and get ice cream with you, but we're gonna make a new plan. And I've realized that like doing the rewards, we're just gonna get ice cream whenever like it's, you know, a good time to get ice cream. It doesn't have to do with you earning it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make a new plan and to celebrate our new plan and being on the same team, we're going to go get ice cream together so that it doesn't feel like if you behave this way, you get ice cream. If you get, uh, if you have so many successes, that pressure, we're taking that off the table. And now we get ice cream just because now yeah. we get ice cream because it sounds good. Now we get ice cream to celebrate something, um, as opposed to having to earn it. And that disappointment when it has not been earned. Right. And then it kind of like the kind of closing overall kind of suggestion, once we've had this big talk, once we've gotten a plan in place, once we've talked to the school, once you've kind of got everybody on the same page and we've got a good routine and a plan, your job now, Jenny, is to back off. And I know it's easier said than done. And believe me, there will be days where she doesn't tell you and you'll discover at the end of the day or after school that she's had an accident and she's not taking care of it. That's just part of her learning process. Be okay with that. You yourself, as much as you're gonna tell her, like, I don't accidents are going to happen, there's going to be days she's not going to follow through with a the plan. There's going to be days that for whatever reason, she still hides or conceals or doesn't tell you. Just recognize yourself, no going in. There's going to be days that it doesn't go as you would have planned. And yeah. just chalk that up. Oops, it looks like you forgot to tell me how had a potty accident today. Do you remember when it happened? Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to fill it out. So remember, we're trying to get to, we're on the same team. I'm um, just trying to remember next time. Just, just you know, that. But stop with the reminders stop with the check-ins stop with the time to go to the bathroom time to go where again it's falling into a power struggle Mm -hmm. this mastery is going to come from within she needs to master this for herself and the more often you are going to be there um, kind of reminding her it's going to take her longer to get there herself so you need to take this off of your plate this is her responsibility and you're on her team to help her and encourage her, but also to take a step back and give her the um, opportunity to master this for herself.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: A couple of resources. I have a great article I read um, recently. Uh, Dr. Laura Markham. She has a website called AhaParenting.com, and I'll put this in my show notes. There's a great article that kind of um, helps, kind of look at is this physiological. Or is this behavioral and kind of what to do? It's kind of supportive and right in line with a lot of the things we've talked about already. Also, if it does turn out that you go to these doctor's appointments and you recognize there is something physiological going on on there, there's a book. Who knew? A book called It's No Accident, Breakthrough Solutions to Your Child's Wedding, Constipation, UTIs, and Other Potty Problems by Dr. Steve Hodges. So if this does turn out to be physiological and you want to have more information, and real solutions that you can um, go to to try and solve it. There's a problem with constipation, for example, and that is a great resource that's easily available. And again, I'll put both of those resources in my show notes to that anybody who else can relate to this problem. And I know there's a lot of you parents out there who have had similar struggles. Um, Those are great resources that you can look into. So thank you so much again, Ginny, for sharing your story with us today. Um, Like I said, I'm sure there's so many parents out there who can relate to what you described. And if any of you out there listening would like to be a guest on my show for a future Parent Coach episode, please feel free to contact me at the3dparent.com. I'd love the opportunity to partner with you on your parenting journey. Thanks once again, Ginny. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at The 3D Parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on The 3D Parent Podcast.